Oliver from Rugby League, in my opinion here. Now, before we get into the Super League chat, I just want to say we do mention on there that we were going to talk about the NRL potentially buying a 50% stake in the Super League. And honestly, we were having such a great chat talking about the upcoming Super League season that in the end, we actually forgot to do it, I just realised. But I feel like we could do an episode on that all on its own. So I want you guys to get in contact uh, with the page and let us know, would you like to hear an episode uh, on the NRL potentially buying part of the Super League and what impact that may have. Uh, Well, that's it from me for now. Uh, Let's get into the podcast. From Rugby League, in my opinion here, joined as always by my co-host Cooper. How are you today, man? Um, I'm pretty good. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Looking forward to this episode. Today, I thought we'd give back to a, a portion of our audience. So I've been uh, taking a little look over the analytics as of late and it turns out our second biggest, I guess you could say, listener base um, are from the UK, from the United Kingdom, um, I'd say predominantly in England. Um, So we have a substantial fan base there, which is, you know, thank you and it's great to see. So today we thought we'd give back and we talk a bit about the Super League, of course, the next uh, professional rugby league competition in the world um, following the NRL, I'd have to say. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this chat. Personally, I started really getting into the Super League in 2020, started 2020 um, through work. Um, I deal with plenty of people over there. Uh, in England and of course if you've been listening to the podcast I've been interviewing some players from over there as well so I've been keeping my eye on the English game especially in 2020 however and I think this is what's going to make this podcast interesting Um, Cooper you're not the biggest Super League fan you don't really keep an eye on it so it'll be interesting to get your take I guess from a a bit of an outsider, although I'd still probably call yep. myself myself an outsider too, but like, you know what I mean? Like a, yep. a proper yep. outside point of view on stuff. So first yep. question, I guess, for you, Cooper, is as someone who doesn't really watch the Super League at all, what's your perspective of the Super League? I want to say, huh? what what's your point of view on the Super League? Um, I like it. I have never, again... Um, I think I've watched maybe two games in total and I can't even remember what those games were. It would have been when I was up early in the morning and when I used to have Foxtel, I would have probably just chucked them on, but I never really paid too much attention to them. But the standard of footy is obviously lower than the NRL, but it's not like I, it's definitely a good standard. Like I could definitely sit down and get into it. Um, if I could motivate myself to get up that early, um, yeah, no, I, I haven't really got too much of an opinion on it. I could definitely see myself getting into it if I tried. Um, and I like it when some of the NRL players go over there. It makes it um, a bit interesting because it's like players I've grown up watching are over there. Um, but yeah, other than that, not a, not a whole lot. Well, I mean, in terms of former NRL players going over there, I know there's a bit of a stigma. It's like, oh you know, the players who aren't that good anymore in the NRL or something go over to the Super League. Players such as Alan Langer 
uh, Andrew Johns, now Greg Inglis, yeah. have played in the Super League. So I think, well, sorry, Greg Inglis hasn't played in the Super League yet. He will. Um, but, you know, that goes to show that it's an attractive prospect. And one interesting thing I've noticed is that whenever I see Andrew Johns sort of uh, talk about anything maybe to do with player movements or something, he always, he usually, if a, if a club's looking for a player in a certain position, he'll always bring up a, a Super League player who he thinks is really good in that position and could make the jump over to the NRL or, you know, he, he'd take a look at a player in the NRL and say, oh, they'd do good over there. So, am I, am I correct for saying that backs and halves never from the Super League never really do well in the NRL? The forwards usually seem to do pretty well, the forwards that come over, but from my experience is from hearing uh, whenever backs and halves from the Super League come over to the NRL, they don't go the best. Well, back in the, I'd say, like 60s, 70s, 80s, like this is just from research I've done looking back, there was actually sort of a semi-large contingent of like halves and backs in the uh, in the New South Wales Rugby League. And I think we sort of saw that, that crossover a bit more back then because obviously the Super League's played pretty much in line with the NRL nowadays, right? It's yep. uh, played in the summer over there, winter here. It used to be winter for both. So it used to be during the English First Division, that's what it used to be called, during their off-season a lot of the English players would come over um, to the NSWRL or the BRL um, and play over here. And then in the New South Wales Rugby League's off-season, most players, and I'm talking like your Mao Meningas, Peter Sterling's, Brett Kenny's have all done it, they would go over and play over in England. So uh, we used to see a lot more of a crossover. I think it's uh, mainly due to we don't see as many English players coming over and you're right in the sense that in recent history, it, it just hasn't seemed to work out for backs who have come over um, from the Super League to the NRL. And interestingly enough, uh, the other night, I'll, I'll give it a, a shout out. Um, I was on the Willie Webster show um, with Ian Webster, who's a former player from over in England, former Super League player. And he since uh, came into the Broncos system uh, played 100-odd games for the Central Queensland Capras in the Intrust Super Cup, and I believe he's their assistant coach now. Um, on that podcast, we were actually talking about this very topic, about halves from uh, sorry halves and backs from England uh, coming over to the NRL. And he said uh, when he first came over, he was in the Broncos system. He was only at the Broncos for two weeks, and Ivan Henjack never learned his name. Damn. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's sort of, I guess, And but he said he's like, it's weird because they invite English, like, props in with open arms, but it's weird, like, even within clubs, it seems there's that stigma against English back, so I don't really think they get it. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, they're probably not playing well because they're not happy and they're just not getting, I don't know, it, it seems because I, I think within most clubs, they love, like, a big, rugged, powerful... English yeah. forward, you know what I mean? Like yeah. your James Graham's, your Sam Burgesses, whereas the backs, it's not really, there's not really that, that storyline with it. It's a bit more risky and yeah, but I mean, yeah. as Willie said, like that's, that's terrible. Like a coach not knowing one of his players' names after two yeah. weeks. 
and ends up letting him go, like doesn't even learn his name. So that that's sort of what we're looking at here. But I think George Williams at Canberra is the guy who's yeah. breaking that mould 100%. He's a great yeah, player. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's weird. People are split on him over here. Uh, I'm 50% of people think he's probably at least in the top 10 halves in the competition, if I'm honest. His kicking game, his on-field kicking game is better than anyone in the NRL, uh, yep. even an Adam Reynolds, I'd say. And then you have the other 50%, which say, oh, he's overrated. But I notice most of those people don't really have reasoning behind it. And what I think that is, is that stigma, right? Because he's English, because he's from Wigan, because he's yep. from over in the Super League. And because there's that stigma of the Super League not being as good, and because he's not a prop, you, you get that stigma. But I feel like as his career progresses here in the NRL, uh, that'll sort of fade away. Like, personally, I believe, and I say this is pretty big praise considering Jack Whiten won the Dalian medal for the first half of the season. I thought that they were close, but I thought Williams was actually playing a bit better than White, and then White really yeah. came into his own in the second half of the season. So that just goes to show how much of a talent Williams is. But, yeah, like, you've hit the nail on the head. Like, there, there is... There haven't been many uh, Super League backs who have come out here and played well. Um, yeah. And a lot of it's like due to that stigma, I think, and even within the clubs, which is sad to see. Uh, well, first of all, do you want to take a quick look at the, the Super League table from last season? Yep. And I guess we'll talk a little bit about that. Then we might get into some predictions for 2021. Then what I think we'll do is... Uh, we'll talk about uh, these rumours. Well, I don't even think they're... I think it might be confirmed that the NRL uh, are interested in buying 50% of the Super League. And I guess we'll talk about the ramifications of that, the positives, the negatives, um, what have you. But first, we've got the 2020 Super League table. Of course, once the season was suspended, the Toronto Wolfpack announced that they would not be returning and unfortunately have since met their demise. Although there are rumours... Um, that they are going to play a one-off game in Toronto maybe next year. Um, I believe there are people behind the scenes working on that and it's going to be sort of like a Toronto Wolfpack Legends type of thing. So maybe you're talking like your Ashton Sims, Fui Fui Moi Moi, uh, yep. Josh McCrone and that um, coming in to play that game. So that should be good. But yeah, they were out. So we were left with 11 teams. Um, in, tw- in 11th, Hull Kingston Rovers... Uh, relegation was scrapped for this season as well. Uh, but Hull Kingston Rovers finishing last. They're a team who in recent years have not done very well, I believe. They, in 2017, they were even down in the championship. They, they're sort of, I guess, bottom dwellers. They're usually the team who finishes above the team who's just been promoted and they get relegated again. Yeah, We've got Wakefield, who finished in 10th. I watched a few of their games and to be honest, like they... Some of the teams higher up in the on the ta- on the ladder, they uh, they took it to them. There, there were a couple of close games where they were just outplayed in the end, but they really held their own. Wakefield, they're they're a team who I really wanted to see well, and I I, I sort of do still want to see well, do well in twenty twenty one. From my understanding, from what I've watched, they've got a decent back line. Yeah, so, well, I yeah. checked out their team just before because um, I was going through all the teams and checking out their squads and seeing if there are any players unnoticed. And Wakefield probably, out of most of the teams, uh, had a lot of names I recognised. Like, they actually had a fairly decent squad. 
Yeah, so I think they got the likes of uh, Bill Tupo, um, David Fafita, the yep. brother of Andrew, which interestingly enough, you know, amid all these, I guess, retirement talks and stuff for uh, Andrew Fafita, I wonder if maybe he'd just decide to go over to the Super League and you'd have to think if he did, he'd go to Wakefield to play alongside David there. Um, yep. In ninth, though, interesting, the Southwood Red Devils. Runners-up in 2019 in the grand final. They nearly won their first Super League title um, and their first like top-flight title in a very, very long time. Made the Challenge Cup final in 2020, though, losing 17-16 to to the Leeds Rhinos. Southwood, of course, led around the pitch uh, by Tui Lolahia, former Warrior and Tiger. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot of comparisons. So if there's an NRL player here, a former NRL player, I'll bring him up and stuff just because, you know, so the Aussie audience um, can sort of stay on the same wavelength as. Uh, eighth, the Castleford Tigers, which was a really surprising one for me. Um, their drop just sort of came out of nowhere. 2017, they finished first on the ladder. They were dominating teams. They looked set to win their first grand final for so long. They had guys like Ben Roberts, Zach Hardacre, um, playing at fullback. Um, they had a really good squad. And I don't know, just since then, they've still been sort of making the finals though, which is interesting that they've just dropped out completely in 2020. Seventh, the Huddersfield Giants, led around the pitch by Aiden Caesar, who I believe finished second in the Man of Steel standings. Yep. So interesting there. And Aiden Caesar had a really good year, of course. They've also got the likes of uh, England International, Jermaine McGilvery in their squad. Chris McQueen joined halfway through the year as well. Sixth, Hull FC, who at the start, of, like when um, we first came back from lockdown, they were looking like the Brisbane Broncos of the Super League, a team tipped to do all right. And they were smack bang bottom of the ladder, I'm pretty sure. And I think they got flogged a couple of times I watched them, but they ended up getting a game away from the grand final, so good on them. Leeds Rhinos in fifth. Um, sort of standard, you would think they would be pushing for a top three. That's sort of the benchmark for Leeds. The Catalans Dragons in fourth, led by James Maloney, had Israel Folau in the side, um, a bit of a reinvigorated team. They got D- David Mead as well. Well, they don't have him anymore, but they did. Um, yeah, it was sort of it, it's one of the best castle sides we've probably ever seen, um, especially with Maloney making the difference. But they would only play 13 games uh, this season due to COVID reasons, um, and that helped them make the top six. And uh, Cooper, I'm not sure whether you noticed this or not, but the ladder was actually decided by sort of a win percentage because not every team uh-huh. could play the same amount of games. Oh, damn. oh, I I had no idea. Yeah, so like if you look look at the ladder, um, Catalans only played thirteen games, finished fourth, but you know a team like Wakefield was the only team who played nineteen games, for example, like because games had to be cancelled and rescheduled and yep. stuff. So yeah, they would end up making the game away from the grand final too. Uh, we had the Warrington Wolves finishing third. The Gareth Widdop and Blake Austin connection, which reportedly uh, they don't get along, and it's one of the reasons as to why Widdop um, wanted to come back to the NRL. Um, I think what a lot of people don't realise with Widdop, I'll just touch on, is that um, people are saying, oh, well, he was homesick and wanted to go back to England, so why is he all of a sudden homesick to come back to the NRL? What a lot of people don't realise is his family moved back over to England with him, 
And after about six months, they actually moved back to Australia. So he never like left his family or anything. His family yeah. moved with him and then they decided to move back to Australia. So that's why he wanted to come back at season's end so we could uh, be with his family. Unfortunately, I guess for him, that's not worked out. Uh, second, St. Helens. And in first, the Wigan Warriors who won the league leader shield. And Wigan and St. Helens, you could tell, were just far and above the rest in 2020. Um, and they're looking, they're both looking the goods for 2021 as well. Um, Man of Steel winner was Paul McShane from the Castleford Tigers, and he was uh, closely followed by Aiden Caesar. So there you go. Uh, yep. Coach of the year, Adrian Lamb, who is someone who is sort of rumored to be coming back to the NRL for a coaching role sometime soon. Uh, I'd say the first coach sacked in 2021. He will be one of the rumoured replacements. But I, I, I still think he will be at Wigan for another year or two. Um, yeah, and oh, Young Player of the Year, shout out to Harry Newman. Spirit of Rugby League Award, um, Spirit of Super League Award, I should say. Co-winners, Rob Burrow and Mossy Masoy. Shout out to them. Um, have you heard of Rob Burrow's story? Uh, no. No, so Rob Burrow, he is a legend. He played, I think, 400-odd games, maybe even 500 uh, for actually, Leeds. I may have. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I've seen YouTube clips of him running on for the like last few minutes. Yep. And Yep, yep. Yeah. Okay, I had a mind blank. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't. I don't know the full story, but I've seen parts of it. Yeah, so he was diagnosed with motor neuron disease, which is... Honestly, one of the worst can, like diseases you can get. It's basically, I think, like it's slowly like your body slowly shuts down, like, yeah. and it's gradually you you sort of like lose your ability to speak and like then your ability to walk, and it's just like your body sort of, although it seems grim, sort of slowly deteriorates. So um, it, it's a really sad story for someone who genuinely in I wouldn't even just say English rugby league, although he never came out here. Um, the impact that he's had playing for England and playing for Leeds, all the Super League titles that he's won. Um, I, I think he, he's a rugby league legend um, and it's sad to see, but a co-winner of the Spirit of Super League Award. And of course, um, Mossy Masoy, uh, former NRL player over there. Um, I believe he broke his neck and I think was told he'd probably never walk again. I believe he's back now to, I think he can walk with assistance, which is crazy. And I think yeah. he's on his way to being able to walk normally, um, relatively normally again, which is obviously yeah. uh, amazing to hear. Uh, interesting. I'm just having a look at the um, the Wikipedia page here. They have an attendance thing and I love attendance. So I'm just going to quickly go through that. Um, yeah. average attendance for each club. And, of course, there were no crowds um, after March. So um, this is what they were averaging up until then for probably around the first five or so rounds. Castleford, 5,829. Catalans, 6,674. Huddersfield, 2,191. Hull FC, 10,843. Hull KR, 7,768. Leeds, 6,097. Salford, 2,784. St. Helens, 3,737. Wakefield, 2,681. 
Warrington 4,358 and Wigan 12,852. So we're seeing a common theme here, sort of not big attendances. Look, I'd say if it was a, a normal year as well, this might be taking COVID into account a little bit here. Um, so they could have, you know, boosted the attendance averages a bit. Because I'm surprised because a team such as like Leeds, for example, or even Warrington, I thought would be getting around the 10,000 mark, like especially Leeds. Yeah. Um, but Hull FC, obviously the whole, like Hull is a rugby league city. I know that they've got the whole city um, soccer team who they're sort of in and out of the, the Premier League most years. I think they've dropped down to the third division at the moment, but it is well and truly a, a rugby league city. And I think that just goes to show it there. Um, which is why I'm a bit surprised about Leeds because that Yorkshire area is heavily rugby league influenced. And the Wigan Warriors, uh, 12,852 on average uh, there in Wigan sort of. So Wigan sort of, I believe, to the east of Manchester. And if there's anyone in that area, they're probably screaming at me right now because I've said something wrong. Sorry, the west of Manchester. Um, uh, And they love their rugby league there. They've obviously got uh, Wigan Athletic the uh, football team that they share the DW Stadium with too. So, um, and I don't think Wigan Athletic would have been averaging that um, down in the championship or League One. So um, that's good to see Rugby League's winning that battle there. So we're going to move on to 2021 now. Coop, have you got uh, sort of a ladder prediction or a couple of predictions? As you said, yeah. you, you, you've, you've done a bit of research and it's fine. Yeah. yeah. I'll just get this out of the way before um, I do my ladder predictions. I'm just going to double down on I really don't know anything. So I have gone to predicted ladders and I've looked at teams and I've tried to be a bit different. I didn't want to just copy and paste someone else's ladder. So I have changed things up. But if I come across as an idiot, it's because I don't know anything. I'm learning on the job. Yeah, so uh, our passionate listeners over in England, please acknowledge that Cooper does not watch at all like <laughs> yeah. um and this is why i think it's it's interesting right because this is um this is where we're going to see that unique perspective maybe um that more well, what's the word i'm looking for that's more um practical and more detached um assessment of things which i think will be very interesting so cooper without any further ado no pressure. What is your 2021 Super League ladder predictions? Um, should I should I go from last to first or first? We'll go last to first, I reckon. Okay. I forgot to write down the team, but what was the team that's coming in for Toronto? Uh, called Lee, again? Lee Centurions. Okay. I've got them as last. And then I've got, uh, as 10th, I've got Castle Castleford. Ninth, Catalans. Eighth, uh, Wakefield. Seventh, Huddersfield. Sixth, Salford. Five, Hull FC. Four, Leeds. Three, Warrington. Two, St. Helens. And one, Wigan. Um, how I came up with that was, again, looking at other people's predicted ladders and trying to make, trying to form an opinion and then looking at the squads. Those top teams I've got, um, not to sound... NRL bias, but they have a lot of NRL talent, uh, especially I was looking at that Wigan squad 
and obviously they're bringing in John Bateman again and um, a bit of an underrated signing, I think, was Jai Field. Yep, 100%. He'll probably slide into the six there. Um, yeah, I didn't even... Honestly, kind of like I knew he wasn't re-signed to Para, but I didn't know where he went. I And then I was looking at the squad. I'm like, oh, right. So he's there. St. Helens, they obviously signed Joel Thompson. He's a great signing for them. One with Warrington, I kind of, I don't know, I worry about it in GI's sense. If he doesn't go over there and kill it, I don't know. Oh, no, I probably won't. I think his legacy is solidified, but... I don't know. I just don't want him to go over there and kind of be a bit of a blob. I'm not sure. I'm sure he's worked on his fitness from two years ago, but one of my past PE teachers, uh, he's a referee in the local area, and um, Lismore was having a a Curry Gala Day knockout type of tournament, and GI was playing in it, and my teacher who was refing the game, GI was playing and said he got gassed in about 10 minutes. So I'm sure he's worked on it since then. I'm just saying that I hope he kind of is a shell of himself. Like I just don't yeah. want him to be bad. Um, Leeds, I've looked at their squad um, and look, no one really jumped out. Like they have a few past NRL players, but People rated them. Every predicted ladder had them around there. So They've got the, um, some of the best English talent are at Leeds, I'd say, especially the young guys yeah. coming through. And I think that's where a lot of their their sort of star power, I guess, comes from. Yeah. Um, with Hull, with um, me having them fifth, again, people just rated them. So I thought they've got to be somewhere up there. Same with Salford. Most of these squads. Huddersfield um, had a really solid squad when I looked at it. I think... Did they get some of Toronto, like with Toronto's players, did they all just get put into other teams? They just signed with other teams, most, some of them? Most of them went to, to Lee, yeah. funnily enough. Most of oh, them signed okay. with Lee. Yeah. Um, but with Huddersfield, I believe they they obviously uh, signed Chris McQueen halfway through last year, but uh, Jack Cogger yep. from the Bulldogs, who yep. uh, there's yep. a bit of a reason behind that. His dad actually played for Huddersfield back in the day. So there you go. Yeah. Um, then again with eighth, uh, well, these last three teams, Wakefield, Catalans and Castleford. Um, and obviously that's 11th team. Uh, that Lee. That new team also, coming I in. Also, I think yeah, you've Lee. forgotten whole KR. But. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just chuck them 11th and have Lee yeah. um, 12th. Um, yeah, I looked at their squads. And maybe it's on me because I'll only recognize the NRL players because that's just my yeah. brain. I don't follow the Super League, but I didn't really notice anyone. Um, predicted ladders had them down this area. Um, most predicted ladders had Catalan somewhere in the top eight, but again, I wanted to be a bit different. Didn't want to be like every ladder yeah. I was seeing. I think so, it's a lot of the Jimmy um, Maloney influence too. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that eight to last is pretty much me just fooling around, just yeah. chucking teams in certain spots. And, well, this yeah. is what I've got after my year of experience watching um, and the signings heading into 2021. So in 12th, I've gone the exact same as you, Lee Centurions. In recent years in the Super League, I don't really think we've seen promoted sides stay up like it's hard. I know that they've obviously signed so many players, but a lot of them are... Um, 
ex-Wolfpack players who, to be honest, are probably fairly disgruntled. Well, they're disgruntled with the Wolfpack for one because I believe there were monetary issues, but it's like, you know, now you've joined the club that's um, replacing them. I'd say those players would rather be playing for a, you know, a a strong Wolfpack squad. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I I don't see them uh, surviving this year. Hull Kingston Rovers in 11th. They've signed a couple NRL players this year, like Albert Bette. I know he's headed over there. They've actually, they got Ryan Hall. Um, Yeah, I don't know. They signed NRL players and they even did last year, like Sean Kenny Dow went over there. But they just never seem to put it together. So I've got them in 11th. 10th, which might be a bit harsh, I've got Southard. Finished ninth last year, made the grand final the year before. They got a decent squad, to be honest, but um, I think it's too inconsistent to put something strong together like a top six finish. Uh, Tui Lola here on his day, I think, is still uh, great. I think he could play in the NRL, but it's just that consistency thing. And yeah, I, I think as well with some of the other clubs there. I don't see them doing overly well. Ninth, Wakefield. I, I spoke about their back line before. I think they finished, what was it, 10th last season. But as I said, there were a couple of games when they went up against like a St. Helens or a, or a Wigan where they had really close, surprisingly close games and they held their own. Um, and, you know, as you said, they're, they're, they've got NRL, former NRL talent there. And I think in terms of back, they've got backs, they've got some of the best English talent, like a, a Tommy Johnston, uh, John Stone, I believe, will be probably England's winger in years to come. Uh, Reese Lynn is a solid centre. They've also got Billy Tupo there still, I believe. Um, so I've got them in ninth. Eighth, Castleford. I don't think they jump straight back into the top six after that drop. Uh, I think there's some stuff probably going on there that they need to work out. And funnily enough, when I shared this prediction, a lot of people were saying Castleford should be lower, which I thought people would say they should be higher. Seventh, the Catalans. Um, Izzy Falaus probably on the way out, which uh, it's not a huge influence on this, but I feel like they're probably on, on, going to be on the come down a bit from last season. Um, even with a Jimmy Maloney there, they've also lost David Mead. Um, and I believe as well, um, a couple of their their long-serving French players. I believe um, Re- Remy Casti um, is off to Toulouse as well. Um, I believe they lost him. So there there is talent um, exiting the Catalans. But they did announce yesterday that Dean Fari from Penrith, they've signed, who I think is a very good defensive centre. But the Super League is predominantly an attacking game. So we'll see how he goes there. I've got them seventh for now. Sixth. Just making the finals, or I, I'm not sure whether they're going back to a top five in 2021 or they're keeping it as the top six. But anyway, in six, I've got Huddersfield. Um, I think ANCs should remain consistent. Um, I think Jack Cogger would be a nice uh, a nice piece to go with. Aiden Caesar there, who has been pretty dominant in the Super League in 2020. I think he can only help as a, as a complimentary player, if you will. Um, so I'm pretty confident that Huddersfield can um, improve on last season. In fifth, which is a bit bold, I've got Warrington. Most people have him in their top three. There's a lot of hype over Greg Inglis, but I think a lot of people are forgetting he's been out of the game for two years. And like you said, fitness is a question. I think they're just about, well, they're not the favourite. I think they're behind Wigan and St. Helens. But other than them, I think they're the third favourite to win the comp. Do you know where they... 
Do you know where they plan on playing Greg Inglis? Like position-wise? In the centres, I think. Okay. Okay, that makes more sense because I was going to say, not playing for two years and then throwing I him at fullback. I could see him doing it. Um, well, I, yeah, I think eventually, but I'd definitely start him off in the centres. I mean, I guess, well, he's played rugby league his whole life, so I'm sure he could, but um, what injury is he coming off? He, he retired... From well, I can't remember yeah, what injury I can't it was. Off the top of my head, either. I think it was something. It was his knee, was it? And Sam Burgess, it was his shoulder. I know Sam Burgess, it was his shoulder. Yeah. I think it was Inglis's knee. Yeah. Yeah. It'll. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I don't think it's as sure a thing as many people are saying. So I've got them in fifth, and that's yeah. like it. Yes, it's taking Inglis into account. But even if Inglis wasn't there, I'd probably have him around fifth on the ladder anyway. Um, Gareth Widdops. Not going to be too happy, like away from his family again. Apparently, uh, reportedly doesn't get along with Blake Austin at the club, so uh, it, you just have to wait and see what happens there. Um, but yeah, they've got a solid squad, and it'll be enough to get them into that top five. But um, I don't really, uh, I don't really see him winning the competition. In fourth, I've actually got Hull FC, um, a good contingent of English players. I think Josh Reynolds will do well. I think he'll do well over there. Uh, you've also got guys already there like uh, Mahe Fenua, uh, Manu Ma'u, and they've got guys like Jake Connor, um, Mark Snead as well over there who are, I know Snead's one of the better halves in English Rugby League. Jake Connor's a guy who's been coming through the ranks, been really hyped um, and has shown great talent on many occasions. But I think for the most part, has sort of been um, a bit inconsistent, sort of needs to live up to that hype a bit more. I think he probably will in 2021. And I can see Hull FC finishing fourth. And it's sort of like, I guess, if the Broncos are doing well, the NRL is doing well, Hull FC is doing well, I'd say Super League's probably doing well because it's that heartland club. It's that that really yep. well-supported club. In third, the Leeds Rhinos, uh, that English contingent, as I said, a lot of the young English players coming through are coming through um, at Leeds. The young player of the year, Harry Newman, last year, a Leeds Rhinos player. Um, Luke Gale is a veteran in the Super League. He played in the World Cup final for England in the halves in 2017. He's been around for a while and uh, made the move to Leeds from Castleford last year. And I, I think he should lead them to a, a nice third-place finish. And second and first, I mean, St. Helens and Wigan, I think, will be above the rest this year as well. What can we say? Like, I think yep. you pretty much brought it up. The NRL talent that they've got coming in, it's good NRL talent. They've already got some NRL talent there. And you know what? Some of the best English players, the best established English players over in the Super League are at Wigan and St. Helens. I think they are yep. a league above the rest. And I tell you what, I would pretty confidently say that if you put Wigan or St. Helens up against the Brisbane Broncos tomorrow, they would easily win. I think they're they're yep. just uh, they're just above the rest for me, and no surprise, I'm probably tipping these two to face off in the grand final again. I mean, that grand final in 2020, we haven't even touched on it. For me, it was the game rug, rugby league's game of the year. Um, it was low scoring. There was one try scored. Oh, sorry, two tries. But St. Helens' first try was scored on the buzzer. Um, it was just a miracle effort and a really gritty defensive game. And you could tell these two hate each other, of course. 
uh, their arch rivals too. It, it was just an amazing game to watch, and I hope uh, we get to see him battle it out um, in the grand final in 2021 too. At least that's what I'm predicting. Um, I'm going to predict Wigan yep. to win the Super League. I think with Johnny Bateman coming in, like they're, they're just stacked. They are just looking um, crazy stacked. As I said, they're English talent and they're NRL talent coming in. A guy like Lachlan Coote, though, for St. Helens, um, he could be a difference maker, and I think he'll be up there in terms of Man of Steel, although I've not picked him to win it. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of Lachlan Coote's career in St. Helens, he gets a statue out the front of their stadium. He's like he's a club, he's going to be a club legend there for sure. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty much between those two. I'm tipping Wigan to win the comp. Um, and my Man of Steel prediction... Sticking with Wigan is John Bateman. I reckon he comes in, plays to that same level as he did for the Raiders. He's now happy. You know, he's back home with his family. Um, and I think John Bateman is a great example of that. The NRL is not necessarily the be-all, end-all. If you're... Yeah. Yeah, go, um, no, oh, yeah, I was sorry, just going to say, if you, you know, if you want to play in England and that's where you're happy and that's where you're thriving, then that should be what you strive for to play there. Hey, if there's ever an NRL player who has won a premiership, let's just say, for example, I don't think it'll happen, but Cameron Smith's just like, I've won all these premierships. I'll go over and play in England and that's that's where I want to finish my career and that's where I want, you know, for example, like even players in the NRL could go over there and find a home over in England and that's where they're happy. You know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily have to be based off of, who's more talented, who's got the better talent. It's where people want to play. And John Bateman wants to play for Wigan. He wants to play in one of rugby league's professional and premier competitions. So good on him. What were you going to say, man? Um, hand on my heart, being serious, I have the exact same predictions. I didn't want to copy, but my man is still was also John Bateman. And I also had Wigan winning it because um, they won it last year and adding the talent like I'll the stop, signings. I'll just quickly stop this you. Year. St. Helens just... won it last year, but they versed in the grand final. Oh, they so won they won no. the league leader's oh, shield, right. which is what you get for finishing first. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Um well they were there yep. last year and adding the talent uh, they've added this year. Um it's gonna obviously go a long way. Uh Bevan is Bevan yep. French their fullback? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, thought so. Uh, from the little clips I've seen of him running around, he seems to, he seems like he's found a home over there that, that he's really enjoying it. Um, yeah, and the man still was John Bateman as well. I think he was this good over in the NRL, and that was while he was maybe not unhappy, but he wanted to be in England. So he's going to go over to England. He's going to be happier. He's going to be around his daughter. He's going to be playing. It's going to sound a bit rude, but he was playing this good in the NRL and he's going over and playing against weaker competition, so he should be even better. Uh, I can just see him breaking a lot of tackles, a lot of line breaks, a lot of everything. And yeah, I think he should win the Man of Steel yeah, as well. Yeah, he's also going to be away from that media spotlight, which I don't think he liked very much over here, um, especially yeah. when there were rumours he was going back, just the media attention. Um I've seen um, – it was on Oliver Gildart's podcast, Wigan Warriors player, who was talking – I believe it was when he was talking to his teammate, Liam Marshall. I think it was the very first episode of his podcast. It was interesting to see because they were talking about the media attention Super League players get compared to the NRL, and it's a lot more 
relaxed. Like if you, if we can go out and lose a game on the weekend, you know, you can still walk down to your local shops and maybe like a couple of passionate fans will say, oh, they'll like, they'll have a bit of banter with you. Like, oh, you better play better next week or whatever. But there's no real, and like they're obviously recognised and stuff because rugby league's huge in that that north northern area of England. But it's like you don't get bombarded and you don't have this media scrutiny um, just raining down on you. So where whereas you do in the NRL, and that's why I think with a lot of English players, what they don't like is that they get a bit of a, a shock at first, right? Um, I got a here we go. I got a story. A great example. Uh, Regan Grace. So. He's a St. Helens player. He's Welsh. He's, he needs to have a running race with Josh Adokar. That's all I'm going to say because he's fast. But when Justin Holbrook first yeah. signed with the Gold Coast Titans, there were rumours that he was headed over to. And um, he was playing in the in the World Nines for Wales. And um, someone uh, in the rugby league community that I know actually got a pass um, to be an interviewer. Um, for the event and got to speak to him. And he told a story because in, in one of the papers, uh, they said to him, oh, you know, would you like to play for the Titans one day? And he was like, yeah, you know, I'd love to come over one day and test myself. And the mainstream media outlets, he took it as Regan Grace's pretty much signed with the Titans and the rumour started. So when he talked to oh, this guy, yeah. he was like, when he went to ask him a question, I think the first thing he said is like, first of all, don't ask me about the Titans because I've not signed with them. And, and then he told the story of like, you know, over in England, if an English outlet were to ask him, oh, would you like to play for the Gold Coast Titans in the NRL one day? He'd say, yeah, sure. And then that's what would be reported. Like, okay, he's not signed anywhere. He's happy where he is, but he, he would like to go over there one day. Yep. Whereas if you're over in Australia and you talk to a, an Australian sort of rugby league outlet, if you like say something like that, sort of relax because they're more open with what they talk about over there, right? So he goes, Yeah, I'd love to play for the Titans one yeah. day. You know, there's just not that understanding that it's going to be taken and it's going to be in a way misconstrued or sort of stretched to be like, You're going to yeah. be playing here. So I, I think that's the, the type of thing John Bateman's looking forward to getting away from. Look, I'm not saying it's like you, you've got to you've got to get readers reading your articles. You've got to get people buying your papers. So I know it's a bit of a, a stretch of the truth. Obviously, I'm not saying it's it's a terrible, um, god awful thing because you do see uh, where they're coming from. It's not like you know they're, they're never actually sort of lying, but it's like you're you're playing loose and fast with the truth a bit there, which I, they're really not used to um, playing rugby league over in England yeah. because the media outlets are too busy like with EPL players and such so yeah I, I think Bateman will be happy to get away from that and he will thrive uh, last question before we finish up Coop are you going to be trying to watch a bit of the Super League this year get up early and yeah well may as well I've um, started getting up early to do physio and gym and stuff. So, I may, I mean, if I'm up that early, I may as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to have to – oh, actually, yeah, I'm going to have to buy KO because that um, – this is a bit off topic, but yeah. the NRL pass on your phone or whatever, they – yeah, I think they've cancelled yeah. it or something like that. So, yeah, I'm going to have to fork out the money and get KO. So, I guess yeah. Super League's included with that. So, yeah, I'll definitely get into it. There's 
yeah, can't complain about having a bit more footy well, in your I, life. Well, first things first, I think you need to do a bit more research. Find yourself a team and at least watch their games each yep. week if you can. Yeah. I, I kind of got a ten- – like I've always said that Warrington was my team because of when Chrissy Sandow okay. went over there. I was a bit of a fa- – because he was with the Eels and then went over there. But, yeah, like I, I wouldn't – I don't know. They're kind of my team-ish, but not really. I might well, – what's Lee. that new team, Lee? Yeah, I'm just going to call it right now. That's my team. They're coming in. They're newbies. They're probably not going to be that good. I'll start from yeah, the bottom awesome. up. Um, well, yeah, I think what I was going to say, they're like prime time, nighttime games. So like a, a 7 p.m. kickoff sort of kicks oh, yeah. off at um, 6 a.m. over here. So like if you're getting up early, like yep. you could even just watch. And that's usually like their prime time sort of Friday, Saturday night game. Like every now and then, if I wake up early, like on a on a Sunday morning, I'll come down and it's on. Or honestly, lately, like it, it's been good, like sort of being able to catch up with Ko. But like it's if I've gone out with friends or something, have a late one, not feeling too tired. I get home, I turn the TV on, Super League's on. So I just usually, and usually yeah. it's weird they don't they don't televise every game. They televise like three or four games a week but it's like the the main attraction games, right? So it's like usually most yep. weeks you'll see St. Helens, Wigan, Leeds, you know, Warrington. To be honest, you might not you might not see Lee play too many times because they probably won't be televised, but I believe all the highlights of all the games are on the Super League YouTube channel. But yeah, so you're you're a Lee yep. Centurions fan this year and we, we will have to you know yep. we'll have to make it like a weekly thing when we get into the like when the season starts every week we can do like a uh, a check-in to see how the Leash Centurions are going uh, that'll yeah. be awesome well anyway yep. thank you guys for tuning in um, and if you're obviously one of our um, English listeners who have tuned into this one uh, this episode was for you guys let us know how our predictions were obviously like way off because we are not into it as much as you guys, but we're, we're, we're getting into it and we're going to be Super League diehards soon enough. Um, but yeah, we want to thank you guys for all your support over there in the UK. Um, and also to our Aussie contingent as well, obviously, if you've tuned in, if you've given this one a chance, um, that's amazing too. And all I could say is there's a stigma that the Super League's terrible, it's crap over here in Australia and no one gives it the time of day. All I'd say is give it a chance, watch a couple of games because while it might not overall be on the same level as the NRL, it is entertaining rugby league and I'd argue in terms of entertainment on the field, you know, people complain they want a faster version of the game, you know, the game's too slow. Well, the Super League is that faster version of the game, I'd say. Um, so give it a chance, check yep. it out. And yeah, that that's all from me really. You got anything to add? Uh, no, not really. Thanks for listening. Um, yeah, that's yeah. all I've pretty much got to say. Go Just for all the support. Centurions for 2021.